I'm Jordy. In a minute. It's Mo- I'm Jordy. It's Moses, isn't it? It's Moses. Moses, stand up. Stand up. Let's give this guy a hand. Come on. <laughs> Let's bless him. Bless you, Moses. Thank you for coming. And uh, this is a Geordie guy of mine, good friend of mine. I'm not going to build him up too much, but I know, I've known this guy for a very long time. One thing I can assure you, this man is a man of God. And he follows. I, I went to one of his prayer meetings once, started at 6, and I got to about 11 o'clock at night, and I said, and Banjo, when does this finish? He says, we pray all night, Alan. <laughs> I said, you pray all night, I'm going home. <laughs> so these guys pray during the night, I think at least once a week. I mean... These are just amazing guys, and I've got another guy. Um, he's teaching me to be African, and I'm trying to teach him to be Geordie. I don't know who's got the harder job of the two. Um, but let's just put our hands together and welcome this man of God. Come on. Bless amen, you. amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. Good morning, Bay Church. Good morning. It's great to see you. I've been here before when there was a concert in Jordi. Only Alan's wife, my wife and myself were the only English speakers. Everybody spoke Jordi. <laughs> I didn't understand it. I think he was fundraising. I didn't understand the thing they were saying. The only thing I clapped for was Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Amen. 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 And I've been here on occasions as well for events and all of that. And thanks, Paul. I understand uh, Malcolm sends his greeting. Malcolm is actually speaking in our church this morning. Malcolm Marsh. So he was to come, so I told him, no, you stay back there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in charge. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's pray. Let's buy it. Father, we give thanks to you. We, we worship you, Lord Jesus Christ, the, the king, the, the, the awesome one, the one who who is God, but uh, thought it no robbery to be equal with God, and stripped himself of his heavenly glory, of his majesty, of his power, so that you and I can come into the, uh, into the place of God. We can be called the children of God. We want to thank you, Jesus Christ. You are the author of life. You, 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 you gave everything up. You said, my life is mine. I can lay it down, and I can bring it back up. He said, no one take it from me. But for these guys, for you and I, he said, I'm willing to go all the way to the cross. I'm willing to give it all. It's all mine, but I give it away. So that you and I can become the children of the Most High God. Jesus, we appreciate you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough for all you have done. We were sinners. We were lost in sin, but you saved us. You had no sins of yours. But you took our sins on you. Yeah. You had no sickness of yours. But you were beaten yeah. with, with, with bruises all over. Your body was mangled so that you can give us your wholeness and you can take our brokenness and our sicknesses. Oh, we appreciate you for the power in that majestic name of Jesus Christ. Wow. Thank you for the power of attorney you've given us to say, go into all the world. In my name, yeah. you shall cast out demons. In my name, you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. We appreciate you, Jesus Christ, for delegating your authority to us. Sweet Holy Spirit, we reverence you right now. We thank you because you have come to complete and continue the work of Jesus on the earth. Spirit of the living God, fill us afresh to the overflowing. Do what you know to do, Holy Spirit. Set lives free in this place today. Heal the sick. Open the eyes of the blind. Let someone draw closer to Jesus today. 
We give all thanks to you, Father. Almighty God, we appreciate you. Thank you for what you have in store for us today. We magnify you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Greetings from the King's Castle Church and from my wife and from my dear friend, Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) And I love him so much. He went to campaign Mississippi. He said, I'm a Christian. Everybody's against me, a Christian. So he sat in the church and they were bringing the Holy Communion emblem. So he took the offering out. He thought it was time to give offering. He didn't know it was time to pick a cup and a wafer, which is the emblem of the Holy, uh, Holy Communion. So it shows that he's never been in church before. But he said, I'm a Christian. I will show you I'm a Christian. So he sends his love anyway. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I was uh, preaching with the Salvation Army on Friday at the monument. They do it every year, carry the cross and all of that. And I've brought their pamphlets so that we can sing a song, but these guys do wonderful work, so I'm not going to touch it at all. So let's clap for the worship team. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Alex. God bless you. Amen. And what I'd like to talk about this morning is... uh, Jesus is risen. Amen. 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 We all know this story. We've read it over and over. But I just want to zero in on what is in need for us. Because there must be, you see, what we are celebrating is not something fresh. It's something that's taking place already. What we are doing is that we're just celebrating like an anniversary of what Jesus Christ had done. And it has to have a value added. Otherwise, it's just a waste of our time. So I pray the Holy Spirit will help us to see some of what God has in store for us. Because, you see, when he said it is finished, he meant it. Come on. He, he cannot lie. He can't play on words. When he says it, it comes to pass. Whatever he says comes to pass because he's God. So when he said it is finished on the cross, it means it was finished. So you and I need to press into the benefits of salvation. That's where the church is right now. And it's, the power has never diminished. It's never gone away. It's the same. And moreover, it's new every morning. Hallelujah. Amen. You know that Jesus was lying, hanging on the cross and he was beaten and all of these pilots and, and uh, Herod, they said all manner of things against him. He kept his cool. Why? Because he had something in mind. That I'm willing to, you see, unless a width of, grain dies, he abides alone. So he knew he had to die for billions of people to be saved. I live in Great Britain and I tell you some of the greatest thing about your heritage, which a lot of British people don't know. You, you were so close. This was not the place where the Bible was written. It was written in the Middle East. But anybody who draws closer to God God will exalt him and beautify him. Even this language you speak is what the world wants to speak. I go to Germany to preach. They go to evening classes to learn English language. Why? Because you were the people who, who showed forth your closeness to God. And that's where we all ought to learn from. I went to Dubai and I saw their post box. It was painted red like yours here. I thought, excuse me. I mean, come on, you could have painted the green. Why are you painting it red? Built the same way. 
You go to the booths and all the stores, they all wanted to speak like English. Hello, are you okay? Uh, may I help you? I said, come on. I mean, try to be Arabic at least for a change. <laughs> and why has God brought so much glory to this little island? Yeah. You were controlling India, Canada, Singapore, Hong Kong, most West African nations. You were no more than 40 million people. Nigeria alone is one around 10 in those days million people. India is in their billions. So why, what is it in it that made Britain tick before God? That gave you so much understanding and power. Most inventions started from around this place, isn't it? Come on, there is hardly invention in medicine, in science, in physics, and all of this that the British people didn't have their hands in. And it's one thing, they were so close to God, they wanted to know more of God. Whenever you do that as an individual, God will reveal himself to you and he will give you his glory. He will beautify you with his glory. Amen. 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 So Jesus Christ was in the Old Testament. I like us to look at uh, Jesus Christ from four perspectives. Number one, in the Old Testament. Number two is when he was born and in his ministry. Number three, we will look at post-resurrection with the apostles. And number four, Jesus Christ in our dispensation today. I, will, I won't read all of the scriptures so that we can have some great time to pray together. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I do believe God heals the sick, and we see this often. It doesn't matter the name of the sickness. It's the name above all names that is more important. Yes. Call it cancer, arthritis, it really doesn't matter. There's an English guy who often comes from JPC to our church on occasions, and he just said to me, Panjo, would you like to pray for my wife? I said, what's the matter? I said, she's just going for cancer operation. And we, we just thought, before she goes in, you often talk of healing, so let's go to you. And he came, and he's the head teacher of his school. And um, I said, okay, somebody get me a bottle of oil and I'll pray, five minutes prayer. She went back, they couldn't find cancer there at all, completely, completely gone. That's what Jesus Christ can do. Amen. Even in our days, it is possible. It is possible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. So, Jesus Christ has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. This is, it's, I mean, we will be amazed to see how much power we have and we hardly use them. Thank God for the NHS. Even uh, oncoplastic surgeon, one girl in our church, cancer of the breast. And the Lord showed me through word of knowledge that there's a plaster that's announced, all girls, there's one of you here, the Lord said there is, you've been investigated for cancer of the breast. Will you like me to pray for you? And most African people don't raise their hands up. So I pray for all the girls, ladies, come forward, pray for everybody with oil lay hands on them. After the service, the, this young man came with his wife. He said, Pastor, you don't understand. You described the plaster is on the breast right now. It's there right now. They've just taken a sample, doing some tests and all of it. I got a letter in my office. We prayed. They went back to the hospital. There was no trace of it at all. Completely. Actually, they had to write a letter. And I brought the letter to church and we read it there. All in the name of Jesus Christ. Because, you see, we, are, we like to do 
to believe God when we have failed, when everything else has failed. God wants you to trust him from day one. Don't try the NHS when they have failed, or don't try the bank system. I mean, our church building, he told us we're going to get it for cash transaction. So he paid for it. The building, we paid cash. Yeah, in England, I came with 20 pounds from Nigeria. Come on, come on. So I didn't pay for it. He paid for it. So we have to let Jesus be alive in us. Not just as uh, once a year event, but every day be part of our life. You have great structure in, the, in Great Britain, so sometimes it is difficult to believe God when you've got all these state benefits and council helping, NHS and all of that. My, my daughter is a doctor as well. She talks a lot about medicine. And by the time she finished with me, I'm almost forgetting that there is Bible again. <laughs> Science is so powerful in the Western world. Medicine is at its, at its best. So you are likely to forget that there is the name of Jesus. But I want us to always remember there is Jesus. He's always waiting. He's always waiting. Amen. So we'll look at this in Isaiah chapter 7. Um, I'll read from verse, from chapter 7, verse 9 to 14. And it goes this way. In verse 7, I'll just tell you this story and um, I'll try to read it. So it says in here, thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezim. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken, so that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If you will not believe, you shall not be established. I will explain the background story. Here there was a king in the Bible called Ahaz, who happened to be the father of King Hezekiah. Ahaz was an uh, idol-worshipping king, even though king of Judah should normally, because of David, follow God Almighty. But this guy, when he had a problem with Syria and the northern region or the northern uh, territory, called Israel. You remember that Israel was broken into two under the, the, the servant of, under the, the son of uh, Solomon, Jeroboam. Rehoboam was the son. Jeroboam took ten, ten tribes and two, or one and a half tribes, I would say, Judah and little Benjamin. They were taken by Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. So progressively, God said, I will not take all of it from uh, descendants of David because of David, my friend. Because a man who loves, whose heart is glued to God. So here was this king who, you see, Judah was quite a tiny uh, nation. They always besieged by uh, enemies around them. If you have read Second Chronicles chapter 20, they came against Jehoshaphat. It was just a small nation, the king of Judah. At a point in time as well, in the book of Isaiah 36, 37, there was Sennacherib that came against them from Assyria, always being taunted. But this little nation, militarily speaking, they're not great. They haven't got a lot of resources. So this time around in Isaiah 7, 
Syria, mighty Syria, a world power. It's like Russia of today. And Northern Territory called Israel. They gather together to deal with this nation called Judah. They wanted Judah to plot against Assyria, but Judah didn't do it, so they decided that we're going to take it over. So what King Ahaz did was to ally himself with the king of Assyria, who was equally powerful, to the extent that he took some of the uh, temple gold and silver and bronze utensils in the, in the temple, he donated it to this king of Assyria, a pagan king, an idol-worshipping king. In other words, he took his, his hope, instead of putting it in God, he took it, put it into a man. So, God now told him that what is happening will not stand. And we have to see life from perspective of God all the time. God is not absent. He's not an absent landlord in the world. He created the whole stuff. He knows you. He knows where you live. Come on. He knows your address. He knows your bank account. He knows what you are going through, actually. And the more you speak to you remember when Cornelius was to go and look for Peter? He gave them the house address, isn't he? Yeah. He said, go to a place called Joppa, and you are looking for Simon the Tanner, and he's living by the quayside. Come on. You guys will be with me Amen. So God knows precisely every detail. Here he was saying, it shall not stand. So God now gave a prophecy to this man in verse 10. He said, moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. God said, look, you're quaking. You're vibrating. You, the fear has taken you over. You're petrified. You're tormented because of these obvious problems around you. And it happens to us as well. Something comes and the next thing you want to do, you want to say, well, there is no way out. There is always a way out in God. He knows all things. He has all things. He can do all things. He is God all by himself. He needs no help from anybody. He's El Shaddai. Come on. He is El Shaddai. There is nothing, absolutely nothing he cannot do. You have to work from that standpoint with God that I'm going to the one who can do all things. In fact, if he doesn't do it, it's my fault, not his fault. Amen. I was speaking on unforgiveness recently. You know, I went to a prayer meeting. I flew to Nigeria, and uh, uh, some pastors asked me, let's go see one lady who is, who is sick in their church, and we were worshiping. What's wrong with that? They won't tell me. But this lady had just been discharged from the hospital, thin like a stick. I know she was looking lifeless. She might even die in a few days time. And while we were worshiping, the pastor said, don't ask me the question. Just worship God and God is going to show you, if he has to at all. So they were hiding it from me. So we were praying the Spirit and the Holy Spirit told me, said, the problem is in our nose. And I thought, I said, amen. God just spoke now, the problem is in our nose. The pastor said, no. I trust you, but on this occasion you got it wrong. <laughs> The problem cannot be in Anos. Oh, the lady said, oh, yes. I know, I think the gentleman from England is right. Oh, the pastor said, what's the problem then? Now she said, 
I think I know what he was saying. Um, my father beat me up some years ago. Now in Africa, it's called discipline, but here it's child abuse, isn't it? So, <laughs> so, so bear, bear with us, bear with us. In Africa, it's discipline. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, you beat your child, and police will come and help you beat the child again. So, because uh, the child can't be unruly, the teacher will beat the child again. So, you are just being beaten everywhere. You've got to change now. So, the father let it, left a mark on her nose, and now she was in, the, in her 20s, expecting to look pretty and get married, but she's got this mark that is there that is not going. And that morning, her father had called her to ask her, how is your health doing? She slammed the phone on her dad because she wasn't talking to her dad. Her dad had split from her mom, and the marriage, was, the life wasn't going on well for her. She just graduated, and everything was not looking well. So on this occasion, while we were then praying, she said she knew what had happened. Oh, the pastor said, say it then. She said, I don't talk to my father. And I think he's making reference to the mark I have in my nose. And whenever I see the mirror, I hate my father. I don't want to talk to him at all. Oh, the pastor then said, okay, if that's the case, will you then like to forgive your father? Ah, she said, it's painful. Well, it's painful to forgive your dad. But then the doctor said the medication is not working. She had AIDS virus. She was dying. They actually discharged her to go die at home. Then she was begged and plead, they pleaded with her. She forgave her that. And then the medication began to work. I visited the church again. And the pastor's wife said, do you know the lady who just served you a cup of coffee? I said, I don't know her. She said, that's the lady you went to pray for. We hid it from the old church. She was completely ill since she began to forgive her father. You see, even when you pray to God, God is not answering. It might be that it's your unforgiveness. Because God said, if you're not forgiving others, God said, I won't forgive you. You remember the parable yeah. in, in Matthew 19 that if you don't forgive your brother who owe you 1,000 pounds, I won't forgive you for 4.5 billion pounds you are owing me. That is, God said, I will go back to the time that before salvation. So all the sin you have committed, you're paying for it. That's why sick are not healed. I've prayed for a lot of people. I have seen this work all the time. I have seen unforgiveness causing more pain, making God's word uh, not coming to pass. But God is not the one who is at fault. Whenever you pray, it's not, whenever I pray and it's not coming to pass, I say, God, just tell me, what am I doing wrong? Am I in sin or something? Because you see, God has power that nothing can stop God. Amen. So here is a man who, the Lord now said, in verse 12, 11, he has asked me for a sign that I am glued to your nation, Judah, but you are putting your hope in this Assyrian king. Ask me for a sign so that I can help you. No, the man said, no, I will not tempt God, in verse 12. He has said, I will not ask you anything, I will not tempt the Lord my God. Then God sent uh, Zara to him again. He said, is it a small thing for you to weary me or you sons of David? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel. The meaning of Emmanuel in Matthew 1, 23 is God with us. If God with us, 
It means God has finally drawn closer to us. It means God's presence is with us. It means God has forgiven our sins. It means the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was accepted by God as being perfect. Because for you, for God to appease himself that this sinning world must come closer, he has to make a sacrifice. In Africa, for you to appease the goddess of rain, if there is no rain in town and there have been drought, they need to kill an animal and do some libation and do some stuff to their gods. In the same way they did it in Egypt when Moses was going before Pharaoh all the time. Now I'm sure they learned it from the Bible as well. So God had to follow his own principle of appeasing himself on behalf of Jesus Christ so that the world can come closer to him. So he killed Jesus Christ and because that sacrifice was accepted totally, he rose Jesus Christ back to, from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus Christ was judged. So Jesus Christ went through the judgment of God because of your sin. You and I should have died for our sin. But God said, I heap your sin upon him and I will make Jesus Christ to die for everything you have done wrong. So through the burial and uh, crucifixion, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can have life and you can have life more in abundance. Amen. So this is what happened in, before, before the, uh, Christ was born. Now this was 700 years before Jesus was born. When Isaiah gives you a prophecy, you must believe it. He sees far beyond everybody else. 700 years ahead of time. Before Jesus was born, that was pretty, pretty long time. So then Jesus Christ was conceived and he, he was born and he went about doing good. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. I remember there was a time he was in the boat and water was rushing in. And they said, Master, Master, I was sleeping. Don't you care that we, we perish? He said, excuse me. You and who? I told you we are crossing over to the other side. You're telling me we are perishing. So Jesus Christ said, I mean, it blows my mind up every time I read it. Why are you so fearful? Excuse me, Jesus. What is coming? We are going to drown. He said, but why are you so fearful? What was Jesus expecting them to do? To just wake him up? No, he thought, you can deal with it. Speak the word. Come on. Yeah. Speak the word. Tell the storm to be calm. Speak to the storm. Be still in the name of Jesus Christ. We're sleeping. <laughs> and the storm would have even listened to you. You see, we hardly touch our power at all. We hardly use it. We don't touch it. We just celebrate these events, another Christmas, another Easter. Jesus expected them that, you're disturbing my sleep. You should have just told, I mean, 12 of you, you should have just told the storm, be quiet, be calm, stop it in the name of Jesus. We're sleeping. Even as I'm asleep, I'm still powerful. So God expects us to be able to apply what Jesus Christ did. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There was a woman with the, with the issue of blood. She said in herself, if I'm able to touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole." Jesus hasn't even prayed for her. But she made up her mind. So here is where faith factor comes in. You see, God can do as much as your faith allows. Jesus couldn't do mighty works in his own hometown. Why not? Because of their unbelief. They didn't believe him. You know, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown. So in his home, they just said, oh, his carpenter's son, all oh, his sisters are with us, he's Mary's son, and all of that. 
So the Bible said Jesus Christ had to teach them faith. Faith is one of the reasons why we don't receive as much as God wants for us. So one of the things I will leave with you today is that when the, the post, uh, uh, when Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, the time of the apostles, which is the number three point, they were going around uh, the beautiful gate. And Peter and John saw a man who was born lame from his mother's womb. And the man begged them for money. And Peter said, look on us, we have no money, silver, gold, we don't have. But we have such as the name of Jesus Christ. And they told him, rise up and walk. Paul the apostle in Acts chapter 14, he was preaching as well. And a man lying impotent there, crippling in his, in his two uh, feet. And he had, Jesus, he had Paul preach. And Paul perceived he had faith. And Paul told him, rise up and walk. And he rose up and walked. Now, why do they have power, so much power then, and we don't have it now? I believe we have the same power. Because the power is in the Holy Spirit. When, as this wonderful worship today, I believe the Holy Spirit is in this place. And all you need is just believe in that same name. That same name that you have been calling on, that same Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, is the same today, and it will be the same forever. There is nowhere you take his name to that he doesn't answer. He's the one that doesn't need a visa to enter a country. When they had to deliver Peter from the jail, they didn't knock on the door. I mean, the angel just walked in, come on. And just bring, brought him out. Now, why did the angel go in there? Because they prayed for him. They didn't pray for James. James was killed but because they prayed for Peter. But, and angel didn't tell them when he was coming. God didn't tell them, Bible said, suddenly. In other words, they were praying until something happens. Come on, come on. The saints of old pray. They spend time with God. Yeah. If you have a problem, you're not going to wish it to go away. You must go to faith. You must go to prayer. Yeah. You, must ask, you must stay with God that I believe you can fix this. When you're going to do it, I don't know, but I know you can do it. So that will make me to sit with God. Because God can do all things. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. As he said he will he not do it. As he spoke only will he not make it good. He's God of all creation. Will anything be too difficult for God? He said nothing, absolutely nothing will be difficult for the most high God. So this is the almighty father we serve. And the same God has worked with, the, with Jesus Christ before he was born. Jesus Christ in his ministry. And then Jesus Christ working with the apostles, the same Jesus Christ with us in this dispensation right now, is able to set the captives free. I've just given you a couple of testimonies. I believe you've experienced some as well. So today I want you to enjoy that the reason Jesus is not just because of this picture only. It is because he's alive in you again. Jesus is alive. He's no longer in that grave. And when we are celebrating this resurrected Jesus Christ, we can celebrate that he has brought so much goodness to us. He has brought so much power to us. He has brought so much abundance to us. He was saying in Isaiah 53 verse 5, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We sound powerfully about the power in the blood of Jesus. If you really believe it, it works. When I came to Newcastle, I, I was preaching at the monument. 
No church. Just preaching by myself. Just going there crazy. Wanted to convert everybody. I was crazy. I was crazy. People would say, where's the church? I said, there's no church. But you must come and listen. Because I didn't have a church. I got a lot of phone calls. A lot of people echoing me. A lot of people said, get out of town. Another people, some other people would be crying. And I was saying, wow. Even a Jewish lady said, I've never, no Christian had ever spoken to me for me to respond to. Because I believe in Torah, but not in Jesus. He hasn't come. But when you were speaking, here and the goose pimples and all of that. So she called all our English friends and they started coming to, to me. It just cost me a lot more money. I bought Starbucks coffee for them, 72 pounds. <laughs> I spent 72 pounds buying them coffee. I wish I just got a church. I would have just bought a bottle of uh, Nescafe for two pounds and that would have solved the problem. Yeah, because they just said, okay, after fellowship, let's have fellowship. Yeah, they have taken the coffee, but then it's me paying it, and I'm thinking, God, it's too expensive working for you. <laughs> Amen. So in those days, I was sleeping in my house in, in uh, Fenham. I woke up in the morning, and I, I was too tired to get out of bed, and I saw my bed moving. Wow. They were dragging the bed. And I'm from Africa, I know this. So I said, in the name of Jesus, get out in the name of Jesus Christ. They left it and, and just ran away. I didn't see the force moving it, but I saw my bed moving with me being on it. I mean, this is real life script. So there is power in the blood of Jesus. The demons in there cannot withstand. The only name they fear is the power in the blood of Jesus. However, do you think there are no demons in Newcastle? Oh, come on. Maybe there is none in Whitley Bay, but come to Newcastle. And they're all to Whitley Bay. Yeah, you send them packing, but they're in Newcastle. <laughs> now, so the power in the blood of Jesus works for everything. Yeah. Heals the sick. In the book of Revelation, he said, in Revelation 12, he said, they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of yeah. the lamb yeah. and by the word of their testimony. Yeah. They have not loved their lives unto the death. Hey, folks, Jesus is truly alive. We have a love at our disposal. We have his name. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In my name, lay your hands on the sick. In my name, cast out demons. In my name, they will, if they drink any deadly thing, they shall be healed. In my name, if they pick up serpent, they shall not by any means hurt them. In his name. And then we have his blood. Then we have the faith in his name. All those guys were thrown into the, into the lion, into the fairy furnace. But the fourth man showed up. That's Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Because that's the one they believed in. So this morning as we believe in Jesus Christ, I believe God is going to touch lives. All you need is just believe. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. I believe he died and rose again. I believe he's alive forevermore. I believe he's no longer on that cross, but he's in my heart right now. I believe he's in this room right now. In Mark chapter 2, they said Jesus Christ was in the house. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ went into the house. And a man came with a problem in his body. But because Jesus was in the house, on the Sabbath day, these Pharisees and Sadducees didn't want anything to happen. But Jesus was in the house. When you see Jesus in the house, something has to happen. And Jesus is in this house this morning. Come on. So anything can happen. Jesus can show his power. He can show his might. 
He can glorify his holy name. He's our son and coming king. He's so powerful that this Easter we are celebrating is the, is the greatest event in the world. No wonder we call it Good Friday. He's so good that there is nothing compared to him. I has not seen, he has not heard. Neither has he entered the heart of man. What the Lord has in store for them that love him. What God has in store for you, you don't even know it. Your eyes can see it. Your ear cannot hear it. Your heart cannot perceive it. It's so great, it's so vast that Abraham thought he cannot produce a baby at that age. God said, you dare me, Abraham? I am God. I call things that be not as though they were. I see the sick, I call them healed. I see the barren woman, I call them productive. I am God, whatever I say comes to pass, and that is your father. And his son Jesus Christ is the one who gave up everything to draw you closer to this almighty God. We are children of the most high God. We are not just ordinary people, we are powerful people. We are the children of God. We are not just children of uh, uh, a rich man or somebody who is powerful, but we are the children of the Most High God, the only wise God. Even if it's a wisdom problem, go to the Most High God. He has all the power to fix it. He is Jehovah. He rules by the power of his will. He does not need help from anybody. He's the I am that I am. He's the everlasting Father. He rules by the authority of his glory. When he stands, things don't change. Because he's God. This is the Almighty that we belong to. I can tell you that this God is too wonderful to fail. He said, no, I am God. Gods don't fail. They cannot fail. What he says comes to pass. If he looks at your, your screen, which is white, if God says it's blue, it will become blue because God cannot tell lies. Because he's God Almighty. He's the one we have come unto this morning. He's the one who told Moses. Moses said, who are you? How should I tell them who sent me? He said, I am that I am. That whatever you apply me to, I, I will feel it. I feel all in all. I am almighty. I show up wherever you bring me. Nothing stops me. I am that I am. I'm always present. Ever present. Never too late. Always there. They thought Lazarus was dead. Oh, he was sick, but Jesus should have come. Jesus said, you don't understand. When I receive the signal from heaven, I show up. It doesn't matter what happened to Lazarus. And they said he's been dead for the Jesus Christ said, so what? If he's dead for days, so what? The same power that would have healed him is available to, to raise him back to life. He said, take the grave. He said, remove the, the stones. And then he called him forth. Lazarus, come forth. And all the, they said his body was thinking by now. All the organs are decomposed. Jesus Christ said, the matter. I am the creator. I was the living world. When God saw darkness, he spoke me into existence, and then light came. So wherever he applies me to, he brings life. That's why he said his word in the book of John 6, 63. He said, my word, they are life and they are spirit. So the word I speak, we bring back. So Lazarus come forth. A man who was dead for four days, thinking by now, got up. All the organs, kidney, liver, heart, all of them decomposing, they came back to life. If you can do that for Lazarus. And Jesus said, I did it before I can do it again. No man can do it, but Jesus can do it through you. He can do it through me. The Holy Spirit is waiting right now to touch your life. To do a new thing. He is Jesus. He is the King. He is the Mighty One. He is the authority of the universe. He is the I Am. He is the Everlasting One. He is the fourth man in the midst of fairy furnace. He's the one who stood by Daniel in the lion's den. His name is Jesus Christ. 
He's that brother in the hand of Moses that nobody can withstand because he empowered it. He can empower you this morning. It has nothing to do with where you were born. It has nothing to do with your college degree. It has nothing to do with your money, your bank account. Nothing at all. All it has to do with your faith in your heart to draw to him this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Come Lord. On. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Wow.